Hello and welcome to the fourth edition of the RS Media Podcast. I'm joined by Mike Harneman and Russ Varnum for this. Good evening, Mike. How are you? Yeah, I'm fine. What about you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Hello, Russ. How are you doing? All good, mate. Thank you. Good, good. Um, so the first thing we're going to talk about is going to be some transfers that have happened over the course of the last week. So since Wednesday, the 23rd, Emmy Martinez signed for Aston Villa for 17 million. George Hurst signed for Rotherham on loan. Scott Hogan signed for Birmingham for an undisclosed fee. Kamel Joswiak signed for Derby from Lech Poznan. Um, and then we've got 18th of September, Lewis Baker signing for Chubb and Spore. We've got Cyrus Christie signing for... Nottingham Forest, Thiago Alcantara signing for Liverpool for £20 million, Chubarok Pom on the 19th signing for Middlesbrough, Diego Yotta signing for Liverpool for £41 million, Bertrand Chori signing for Aston Villa for £17 million, Sergio Ragalon signing for Spurs for an undisclosed fee, uh, Kijana Hoover signing for Wolves for £9 million. The return of Gareth Bale to Tottenham for a season-long loan. We've The 20th of September, we had Sengis Under sign for Leicester City on a season-long loan. And then on the 21st of September... We got Jordan Stevens signing for Swindon on a season-long loan. Mikel San Jose signing for Birmingham from Athletic Bilbao. Dominic Samuel signing for Gillingham on a free transfer. Luke McCormick, the Chelsea youngster, signing for Bristol Rovers. And Saman Godos signing for Brentford on a season-long loan. So, any of them transfers stand out for you first, Mike? So, yeah, the Emmy Martinez deal, of course, uh, going through to Aston Villa, that one getting confirmed. Uh, really good goalkeeper as well. It's a bit of a shame to see him leave Arsenal um, on the back of last season when he was competing so well with Burnt Leno for the number one, uh, you know, on the back of Leno coming back from that injury as well. Um, and, uh, you know, he was the number one, even for the Community Shield and, and the FA Cup and stuff as well for Arsenal. So uh, it's a shame to see him leave. Um, and yeah, I just want to wish him well at Aston Villa. Um, and hopefully he can start off well and, you know, kind of hit the ground running after that. Any other thoughts on any of the other transfers, Mike? Uh, the only other one that I was really going to touch on was the, the Tuba pond one uh, going to Middlesbrough. He's got, um, of course, another link with Arsenal in there as well. He uh, came through the Arsenal Academy. He played... Uh, five years at Arsenal between 2013 and 2018. 
Uh, played four first-team appearances there as well and uh, didn't really get a, much of a sniff or, or much of a chance for Arsenal. Um, he did do you know, all right in some of the FA Youth Cup games and things like that. Um, he scored a hat-trick in a few of those. I think he scored against Peterborough in, uh, in a hat-trick in 2014 uh, in the FA Youth Cup there. And yeah, you know, he's uh, a, a really talented player um, and I think an improved Middlesbrough as well. Of course, last season he uh, played over, you know, well, the last two seasons, I should say, sorry, he played over uh, 50 appearances for PAOK um, and scored 14 goals in 54 games there. And, you know, uh, yeah, he's uh, still quite young. He's only 24. And uh, I think that, you know, this could be a really good move for him. Yeah, I've, I think it's a good move. And Neil Warnock getting his man in that he wanted. Um, any signings that stand out for you, Russ? The George Hurst one, right, I think, because I saw an interview that he did when he actually signed for Rotherham and a lot of the questions was about his time at Sheffield Wednesday and the thing which stood out for me from that interview is in particular with BBC Lung North journalist up here, Rob State, and he went, turned around and went to him, if all the if all the questions are going to be about Chef Wednesday, then it's going to be a very short interview. I've joined Rotherham, not gone back to Hillsborough. So I think that's going to be a good signing for Rotherham. If you can hear the ground running. I know he made his appearance off of the bench in the game against Millwall. And from the sounds of it, he had a good performance there. So if he can have a good performance. I know Paul Warren, Richie Barkham, I'm sure will get the best out of him. And, we get back start to the loan sign. He's just looking down Barlazer last season, back at Nuxon now, and wants to fight for his place after a good spell with Rotherham. And if Hurst can do that, I think he'll have a good future there. And I think just want to wish Martinez a good luck at Villa. He did well for Arsenal, impressing a few games at Sarratt. So I thought he might have been number one this season at Arsenal, but for whatever reason, Arteta sees Leno as his number one. And I think he'll go on to have a successful career at Villa and have a really good performance in the games that he plays for them. Yeah. Any other chances that I've read out stand out for you? No, not really. I've not really seen much of the others. Maybe I promised him like when he was Arsenal, I thought he was a good, decent player. I think Warnock, who likes to get good, gets best out of players who been at other clubs. And I think with Warnock's experience, it can help him. And I think we'll only do good for him at Middlesbrough. I think Middlesbrough could have a good season. And I think he'll probably score Middlesbrough a few goals. Right, but it depends when he gets his first appearance there. Yeah, so the standout ones for me are like uh, um, Lewis Baker going to Chubb and Spore. I know he's on loan from Chelsea, but this is like the eighth loan he's had in his career, and he's 25. Um, Joel Grant signing for Swindon. I thought that was a good move as well. After his contract ended at Plymouth Argyle. Cyrus Christie signing for Nottingham Forest. I think it's a very good signing for them, especially they lost Matty Cash earlier on in the transfer window and I think Cyrus Christie is a good fit for them. I know he has connections with the East Midlands but 
Now he's playing for Nottingham Forest. I think that's a great move for him. Thiago Alcantara signing for Liverpool. I think it's a very, very good um, signing for him. Signing for Liverpool for twenty million, and he's he's fits straight into Liverpool's midfield. I mean, he made his debut in the Chelsea Liverpool game that finished Liverpool two 0 Um. Chubberak Bomb, I think it's a good signing and I'm glad that Middlesbrough have managed to sign someone. Sergio Reglon signing for Spurs, I think it's a very good signing. They needed a left back and with Danny Rose being out of favour and Ben Davies not being the best. Um, Diego Yotta Signing for forty-one million, I think it's a great signing, but I don't think he's worth forty-one million. Um, Kijana Hoover, I don't know much about him, but I think Wolves are, and Nuno Espirito will actually um, bring out the best of him. Gareth Bell returning back to. Spurs on loan, I think that's a very great signing, especially with being frozen out at Real Madrid under Zidane. And I think he'll prove to be quality. Uh, Sergio under going to Leicester, I think this is a very good signing as well. He he plays. He's played with Kagler. Sanunchu at international level and I think he'll bring some great experience from his time at Roma. Jordan Stevens to Swindon. I think this could be a great sign-in for them. He's a midfielder that played at Forest Green in 2018, up till February 2018. And I think he'll do well. Uh, Dominic Samuel signing for Gillingham from Blackburn Rovers after his contract expired. I think last time he was at the Jills, he was um, he scored seven goals in twenty five games. So I think that's quite prolific for him and I think he'll do well for them and that is all I can think of um, I can now confirm that all them deals have been done I'll be coming back to Mike on his thoughts on Cyrus Christie, Sergio Reglan, Gareth Bale. So, yeah, I just uh, wanted to jump in on those ones again. I think Cyrus Christie, uh, really good player, real talented player as well. Um, I actually knew his uncle when his uncle was alive, Errol, who was a professional boxer. Um, my dad was good friends with him and, and knew his family. Um, my dad spoke to him a couple of times over at the funeral as well and 
you know, uh, you know, because of that, I, I follow his career and, and follow him quite deeply uh, across, you know, the, the moves he makes and things like that and where he goes on to. Um, so hopefully he can go on and prove himself. Um, with uh, Spurs as well, I think Regulon, you know, as you said, is a quality left back and it's uh, something that they need as well um, to, to kind of, uh, you know, just the position they needed to, to strengthen. Um, and Gareth Bale as well. So uh, that's another one who is an excellent signing for them. Um, was really, really good for them first time out. And, you know, he hasn't done an awful lot in his time at Madrid. Obviously, as you said, he got frozen out um, at the, you know, the last season, the end of last season and stuff um, and, and kind of benched and, you know, was injured a lot more than, than he actually played for Madrid. Uh, but, you know, obviously he's got that uh, bond with Mourinho. I think he's played under Mourinho before as well. Um, and that's why Mourinho wanted to bring him back to White Hart Lane or, you know, the, the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, if it was anything like his first time there, then he'll go on and he'll uh, he'll do really well for them. And, you know, he'll um, do really well for, for Spurs, but also for Wales as well. You know, this could really be a, a big boost for his country too. And you had something to say about Diego Yotta as well, Mike. Yeah, kind of just uh, echoing what you say. He's a, he's a really good player. Um, he's not one of Wolves' better players. You know, they've got better players than him as well. Um, so I wouldn't say that he was the, the kind of player that you'd expect to be sold for that sort of fee. Um, and I think that's too much. So, you know, uh, it's a, a lot of pressure on him to, to come in straight away and do well there um, when he's got that sort of price tag on him. And Russ is going to come in on the Stevens deal. I think it's going to be good for Jordan Stevens actually to go out on loan, get a few minutes under his belt, because he's not going to be nowhere near the first team in Leeds this season. So I think, especially now with his being in the Premier League, he'll probably only got games in the Cup. But I think that he'll do him the world of good to get some minutes under his belt, get some football under his belt and come back a better person ready for next season to try and push on and try and get in the first team of Leeds. So I think he'll, he should do well there with Swindon. Yeah, so we're going to go into some of the games that were done with fan testing. So the games were Norwich v Preston, which finished 2-2. Middlesbrough v Bournemouth, which finished 1 1. Cholton v Doncaster, which finished 3 1 to Doncaster. Blackpool v Swindon, which finished 2 0 to Blackpool. Morecambe v Cambridge, which finished 5 0. And the last one, which is involving a procedure of the players having COVID, which is Leighton Orient v Mansfield, which finished. 2-2 but we are reviewing these games on the COVID test fact that they allowed up to a thousand fans back in on the four on the five games that we mentioned and then we can mention about the Leighton Orient one after so what's your thoughts on the fans being allowed to have a test back, Ross. 
I think it's good that fans are actually being able to go back and watch a few games. Right, I think is a step forward which could help for that October, which they're looking at to try and fetch him fans back in Premier League grounds. We've been just seeing told us it's starting in October. So I think these test events will show if the clubs where they've done them at, so say like so Norwich, Middlesbrough, Charlton, Blackpool, Morecambe and Orient will be showing them that they can follow these new rules and put things in place and I think it, it could work well for if other teams follow the similar sort of procedures as what they're doing. So I think it, it would it could work well there. And my thoughts on it is, yeah, I'm I'm glad to see fans back in, but with coronavirus still being a threat and may even put us into a second lockdown, this could have a big, massive effect on fans being allowed back at grounds. So what's your thoughts on this, Mike? Yeah, kind of the same as what Russ said. It's great to have the fans back in and, uh, you know, to have those kind of test events there. Um, Of course, there's been a couple of other events as well. Uh, It's not just been league events. There was cup events before that as well um, and and friendly events. So it it has been in the pipeline for a little while now. Um, And, of course, it's great to to have those fans in. Uh, You know, the next step up as well from the the fact there was 300 fans at the lower leagues before that, the lower levels. Um, So, no, it's, uh, it's really good to get the fans back in. And, uh, you know, that's that's what football's about. It's about going down there, supporting the team, you know, your local team or the team that you followed from a young age um, and, and being able to back them and, you know, support them. Um, and the, the best place to do that is from the stadium. You know, yes, people are able to watch on iFollow and, um, you know, there, there's games TV, uh, so we televised on that as well. But it's not the same as, as actually being in the stadium and, you know, being able to to get the atmosphere and get behind the team, and you know the the players actually see that as a, a 12th man, and you know can spur them on to victory. Whereas if they're just uh, you know, yes, they know that you're watching on the TV, but you know it's not going to give them that extra 20% to to go on and win a game, is it? When uh, in the back of their minds, you know, there's um, you know, they probably don't pay that much attention to that. They're probably just focusing on the the task at hand anyway. Um, but if the crowd are in, they'll hear the noise, they hear the songs. They hear the beating of the drum, you know, all of that stuff, and it will really uh, help to spur them on. Yeah, and on that note, I'd also like to wish Neil Warnock a very speedy recovery. He attended the Carabao Cup game against Barnsley, feeling unwell. Obviously had his um, temperature taken, but he was able to still be in the ground, but he was actually put into a community box where he wasn't in contact with anyone. And the way he was speaking to the players and all that was through a Zoom call. So it's good that these things have been put in place and he's now having to self-isolate for two weeks. So I wish Neil Warnock a very speedy recovery there. Anyone else got anything to say about Neil Warnock? 
just the same really as well. I just want to echo that. Um, and of course, you know, big uh, get well soon to Neil Warnock there. Hopefully he's uh, able to get back out there and get into the job that he loves, you know, so much. And um, yeah, like, you know, do that sooner rather than later um, in person rather than via these Zoom calls and things like that. And of course, you know, we'll touch on the Leighton Orient in a minute as well. Um, so, you know, just a, a big get well soon to everything that's... Uh, you know, everything that's, that's happened over there and, you know, of course, everyone that's been affected by that as well because that's, uh, you know, when it's one person, it's bad enough. But when it's, you know, most of your squad, then I can only just imagine how, how bad that is for them. Yeah. And have you got any thoughts on this, Russ? I just want to echo what you and Mike have said. Go well soon to Neil Warnock. He used to be manager of Leeds United, which is a team I follow. So... On behalf of all Leeds fans, go well soon, Neil. Law behind you, including Middlesbrough fans, the football families behind you, and wish you a speedy recovery. And now we're talk about the Leighton Orient situation. Uh, Leighton Orient drew two each um, at the weekend, and Monday, the twenty-first of September, it came out that a few of the players. Have got COVID nineteen. Um, my thoughts on this is, if it's affected them, it's affected players that have played against them, which is Mansfield, Plymouth, and the first game of the season. Which is it's a disgrace if they've um, got COVID, and it's not great that they've got it but I, I do wish them all the best and I wish them a speedy recovery but it's now put the games going forward into this dispute because they've now been tested positive for COVID um, have either of you got any says on this I'll, do, I'll go first on this one, if that's okay with you, right? Yep. I just want to wish them all the best going forward. It, like the club statement said on Monday, the priority is the health and safety and well-being of his players and staff. So those who have tested positive will now be following the government self-isolation guidelines. They also said they've informed... Mansfield, Plymouth and Oldham, which are the three of the most recent opponents prior to the statement which they put out on Monday, which is give them prior so then they can go and test their players and that. And from what I heard as well, I think one of the Premier League clubs have paid for the testing for Leighton Orient to do testing for to the players because league in League 1 and League 2 they're not having regular tests whereas in Championship and Premiership or Premier League they are so I think one of the Premier League clubs have actually paid to have the testing done so if that's the case kudos to them giving them the money to go out and get the testing done for the players I'm going to jump straight to Mike on his thoughts on this yeah, I just want to kind of echo what Russ said as well there. Um, you know, it's a, a, a vicious circle, really. Um, you know, there's Oldham and, and, you know, all those other teams that you said have been affected there. 
So that obviously means that their last opponent, Stephen Edge, and you know other opponents back have to be uh, tested as well. So there's probably what uh, six or eight teams that need to be tested now um, on the back of that. And uh, yeah, of course um, they've you know now had the whole uh, situation with the the uh, cup game as well against Tottenham, where they're not too sure what's going to be happening there yet. Um, if that one's going to go ahead or not on the back of this. Um, and of course, if that does get postponed and, and rearranged, then obviously that's got to be understandable with everything that's happened as well. But now it's uh, just want to, you know, echo what you two have just said, really, and wish everyone at Leighton Orient all the best. And, uh, you know, hopefully it's, uh, yeah, you know, all cases that can be resolved by people self-isolating and everything that they need to do there. And there's, you know, it doesn't get to the next level where somebody could be seriously ill from it. Yeah. I totally respect that and hope everyone that has got it and has a positive test, I wish you all a speedy recovery. But now we're going to jump into the games review from League Two, which Mike is going to be taking us through. And we'll jump into that now. Okay, so first of all was the game between Colchester and Bolton. Colchester won that by two goals to nil. Um, Then we've got Grimsby nil, Salford four as well. Stevenage three, Oldham nil. Um, They're the games from League Two. So uh, let's have a look. Has anyone got anything they want to say on on either of those three games? Um, The uh, the three games there. Does anyone want to say anything on that one? So, okay, it doesn't look like anyone wants to jump in on that. So I'll actually take the Stevenage game. Um, And, of course, you know, there's a great result for Stevenage there. Um, Going on the back of that 1-1 draw at Barrow as well. Going to the home home game there against Oldham. uh, The Dino Mamria derby, as people like to refer to it as these days. um, On the back of, you know, the fact he managed both teams. But that was a a solid, solid performance, really, from Stevenage. Started off really well, started bright created chances, um, had the majority of the chances early on. Oldham got back into it. And then, you know, there was, there was plenty of positive performances in there. Arthur Reid and Santa Mid on loan from Brentford had a great game. Jack Smith from the youth team, um, partner with him, had a great game as well. Elliot List, Luther Wilding, Elliot Osborne as well. Just to name uh, five players there, you know, all put in a really good shift and all put on uh, really good performances. Elliot Osborne being the man that gave Stevenage the lead in that one as well. Um, with the goal in the 60th minute on the uh, the hour mark with a, a lovely uh, well t- well taken goal and um, then of course the second goal was uh, Lufa Wilding which was just about a minute or so after Ineffe on Mister's penalty which was saved by old goalkeeper Ian Lawler um, saved that one uh, down to his right or his, was it his right hand side I can't remember now uh, to push it away uh, for a corner. Um, and then that uh, was able to, you know, the, the corner was able to get put across. Um, and there was a lovely uh, turn and shot, which took a little deflection on the way in from Lufa Wilding as well. Um, it might have actually been down to his left, in fact. I can't even remember. It was, one of the, it was just down to his one of his uh, posts anyway. And then the game was, uh, you know, put out of any doubt by Luke Prosser heading in from a corner as well um, to give Stevenage a much-deserved three points. Three goals, clean sheet. Um, and Alex Ravel was very, very happy with that, um, as were all of the fans as well. So, you know, great performance, great victory. If it weren't for Ian Lawler, it could have been six or seven. 
And uh, yeah, that, that's one win. Only two more. And then we'd match the record for the whole of last season. Yep. So thank you very much to Mike on that behalf. Uh, sorry, we didn't have any thoughts on any of the games. There's two games from League One that we're going to review, which is AFC Wimbledon 4, Plymouth Argyle 4, um, Wigan 2, Gillingham 3. Has anyone got any thoughts on this? Okay, so for me, the AFC Wimbledon 4, Plymouth 4. The first goal was scored after 16 minutes through George Cooper, who took the corner, played it short, and then scored a goal into the top left-hand corner. Uh, Then AFC Wimbledon equalised quite quickly after 18 minutes with a Callum Riley's deep free kick and Joe Piggott's tapping it in and then on 45 minutes Argo reclaimed the lead with Connor Grant hitting a curling shot into the left top left corner from around 25 yards and after the break Wimbledon came out um, after Nesta Guinness-Walker had crossed the ball and found Shane McLaughlin and then he flicked it past the Argo goalkeeper Michael Cooper and Wimbledon went ahead after 60 minutes for the first time in the game after Piggott got his second with a free kick after Connor Grant had fouled um, fouled his man on the edge of the box and Joe Piggott took the resulting free kick from around about 20, 22 yards out and it went past Michael Cooper and then Ryan Longman added the Don's fourth goal after an neatly lifting the ball over Michael Cooper which then was on 69 minutes and then Argo made a couple substitutions um, Niall Canavan coming on for Scott Wooten um, so um, Canavan pulled one back with a glancing header after a Lewis McLeod corner and then Dom Telford netted for Argo seconds later, volleying in at close range. And he also could have made it 5-4 to Argo at the end. He had a diving header that just glanced off the side of the post. So he was unfortunate for that. So that's the review of League One and we're now going to chuck in the review for the Championship 
which Russ is going to take us through. Thank you, Ryan. We've got four games to talk about in the Skybet Championship this week. And we'll start off with Nottingham Forest nil, Cardiff City 2. Kiefer Moore got both of those goals on 3 and 40 minutes. It was Blackburn Rovers 5, Wickham Wanderers 0. Armstrong with an hat-trick, Dolan and Williams also on the score sheet. Charles sent off for Wickham. Brentford won their first game in the Brentford Community Stadium, beating Uddersfield by three goals to nil. De Silva, Force and Brian and Buemo with the goals for Brentford. And he finished Luton Town 2, Derby County 1. Luton going very, very well in the Skybet Championship. Two wins from two in the opening two games. Berry and Clock, the goal scorers in that one for Luton. Jack Marriott with the consolation goal for Derby. And if I have my say here, does anyone would like to jump in on any of the games? Mike, I saw that you're putting there about Wickham are going to struggle this season with Darius Charles getting sent off. Did you see much of that game and you see his red card? Um, I saw some of the games, some of the, uh, not the, the live game, but on the highlights. And I thought they were dominated. I thought, you know, they were just, yeah, a little bit toothless, really, to be honest. I thought it was a very weak performance from them. And, yeah, I, I really do see them struggling this season. Um, Darius Charles getting himself sent off as well was uh, another moment for them. I think it's a red. Um, you know, I don't know what your thoughts on it were, Russ, if you think it was a red or not. Uh, but for me, I think it was. I think it was as well, Mikey. Poor challenge to make you. The player was going nowhere. He didn't have to make that sort of challenge. Keeper was there to. We're going to come out and clear. So keeper going to try and get. Keeper going to get there. So I think it was a poor challenge. That one. I saw the Forest Cardiff game live earlier in the day. And Cardiff Forest defending in that one was absolutely shocking. The the way they defended from the corner for the goals and allowed him time and space. Keeper more. If you leave a striker who's good in front of goal. That kind of space is going to punish you in that one. Renford, good win on the in the first championship game in the new home. Well, second one. Well, I think it was the first home game after playing against Wickham in the Carabao Cup the following the previous week. So that was a good performance there for them. In that one, and Luton, Derby, Luton flying so far this season. Mario, good goal there from him, but Luton dominant in that game. And Ray, you've got a few things to say on Luton, have you? Yeah, well, with Luton as well, they've won the last four games of the Championship and the Cup games, and they are actually unbeaten in their seven championship matches, which is also stretching back to last season. Yes, and right, looking on that, do you think the reappointment of Nathan Jones has been a big factor in Luton's run of form? Because I think it has, because managers always tend to do best at one club and he's 
always tend to do best to Luton, in my opinion. No, you'll think about that, right? It's quite funny, though. Um, Luton manager Nathan Jones was actually one of the interviewees a few years ago to be to take charge of the vacant Argo job when John Sheridan left. And when he got appointed the Luton manager, I didn't know much about him. All I knew was that he was part of the Brighton backroom staff. And now he's proved himself. He went from Luton, but he went to Stoke during last season. He didn't do too well, got sacked and Luton brought him back after sacking their manager, Graham Jones. So this game was actually a good game for them. It it was a shame that it was against Derby, but Derby are looking very poor at the moment. But Luton are looking on the up. They are, and on the other hand, I saw over the like earlier on in over the past few days. I thought Rooney's effort towards the end of the game, Rooney should have really pulled that one away. It was a poor finish from him, and he should have pulled that one away. He just went wide of the post. If Rooney had his eye for goal, and like he did when he was at Everton and Man United, then. That would have he would have probably buried that, but he doesn't seem to be having that at the moment. And only other than Mario, I don't think Derby have got a goal scorer out there who can get them goals at this moment in time. But that's all on the championship, right? If you want to move on, my friend. Yep. So we're now move back to Mike, who is going to take us through. The Premier League games. So, the Premier League games for this week that we're going to touch on. Um, Everton 5, West Brom 2. Great victory for Everton there. Uh, really good performance in there from Hamad Rodriguez as well. Leeds 4, Fulham 3. Manchester United 1, Crystal Palace 3 in the, the Red Devils' first game of the season. And uh, We also had Arsenal 2, West Ham 1. Um, Southampton 2 Tottenham 5 as well that was uh, the, the game of uh, two players really Son Heung-min and uh, Harry Kane for Spurs both putting in really good performances there Newcastle nil, Brighton 3 and finally the game between Leicester and Burnley finished in a 4-2 victory to Leicester uh, so has anyone got any thoughts on those um, we'll come to Russ you got any thoughts on, on Leeds Leeds' victory against Fulham Yes, and we was falling up in that game, Mike, and we were falling up and I thought, we're going to coast here now, we're going to coast here now. Good goes from Costa, first one after five, hitting from one side of the ball. We then get a penalty away, which looked a bit harsh. Paul Merson said he didn't think it was a penalty, I didn't think he was either. Matthias Click took his penalty well, Definite penalty for us, pushing in the back. That was to make it 2-1 after Mitrovic had equalised. Then Bamford scored. Normally scores with his left foot. and Well, this one, he scored with his right. And 
good, well taken goal with from his weaker foot for Bamford, and then who knew Bamford had that had the pace to get past the defenders to get down the left and put a brilliant crossing for Elder Costa to come running in on and firing into the roof of the net. But then defensively, he's only been that were only the game one of Cooper and Robin Cock to defending. I think if there's been more time work together with him. Both of them will do well. I think poor defending down the left for the probably the C card over Reed goal and poor defending from Cooper to then Mitrovic beat him in the air. But overall, I think we deserve the victory. If I just touch on the Everton game as well briefly, Everton were magnificent in there. Gibbs was shocking the way he put his hand in the face of Ames to think it will be a that was a stray red and it was a really difficult one to do strange and one to do there. He shouldn't have really done it at that point because West Brom were playing been playing some good football and could have gone and got something out of the game and I think that red card need not to mind I know they got an equalizer virtually straight after the restart but for the 7th minute to be precise through Pereira. Well, I think that red card changed the game and Everton just took advantage and Cavalry got a well-deserved hat-trick. Palace played well, but Man United are poor with there the weekend. Absolutely poor, but Arsenal. Mike, your friend, he called you up. Eddie Nketiah bagged you a last-minute winner, which saved you in that one, in my opinion. I thought West Ham were the better side and Arsenal defensively looked absolutely shocking. It looked like they're not being pl- played together before at all, man. Yeah, I'll uh, touch on that one shortly. Uh, but we wanted to come to to Roy actually. He wanted to say something in regards to the Everton Southampton game. So uh, the Everton West Brom game is what I thought was a great game. I mean, Calvert Lewin scoring a hat trick. Um, Matias Piara, who is signed permanently from Sporting Club de Portugal, um, scoring an absolute banger as well. And I thought Everton are looking strong. James Rodriguez getting his first goal as well. Shame it weren't in front of a crowd, but at least he's got off the mark. Um, the Southampton-Tottenham game... This was a bit strange as well because both teams had goals disallowed for VAR. Um, Harry Kane had one disallowed for a volley where Hungman some played it through or and he was offside. Um, and Tottenham uh, and Southampton had one where I'm sure it was Danny Ings was offside. But the talking point of the game will be Harry Kane setting up four goals for Hung Min Sun and then tapping in the fifth for Tottenham to win 5-2. Yeah, and I just wanted to touch on the Arsenal game there as well. Uh, Russ said it, you know, um, a little bit before. We were very lucky against uh, West Ham, in my opinion. I thought West Ham were, you know, much the better side for large parts of that. Uh, I, I had my own little uh, say on this game, um, 
just uh, on the back of that as well uh, after the final whistle. And I think that, you know, it was a very fortunate result, really. Um, Eddie Nketiah coming off the bench as well to get set up by Danny Ceballos, who, of course, uh, had the little scrap with him last week um, before the game against Fulham over in training, um, you know, in, in the warm-up. And, uh, of course, uh, that was great to see those two combine for the, the winner. Um, Alex Lacazette as well, bullet header, really good header. Um, not too sure whether he was offside, though. It was uh, a little bit of a on-the-edge one. Um, and then the, the West Ham goal as well through uh, Mikel Antonio was uh, down Kalazinac's side. Of course, Kalazinac came in last minute for Kieran Tierney, who uh, was, uh, you know, told our Saturday he wasn't available in the end, uh, just about a couple of minutes before kickoff. Um, and of course, that was uh, West Ham targeting down that side. Uh, of course, they hit the, the crossbar as well. Um, Mikel Antonio headed against the crossbar. And, you know, there, there was other minutes that Arsenal looked shaky as well. Leno looked a bit shaky on the on the ball, trying to uh, punch some balls out rather than catching them and stuff as well. Um, and, you know, it was uh, not a vintage performance from Arsenal, but at the end of the day, it's all about getting the three points and getting the result. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, I'll touch on Spurs as well. That was a great performance from them on the back of, you know, a little bit of a shaky week for them as well, losing the opening game against Everton and then uh, only just uh, narrowly winning in the Europa League as well, um, where they uh, won 2-1 after their opposition went down to 10, 10 and 9 men. Um, and then uh, it took them to, you know, after the opposition to go down to 9 men to get into their groove in that one. Um, and so they obviously needed a big result, which they got. And Harry Kane and Son, the, the two key players, both performed and, and put in really good performances that day and, and shifts and, and did really well. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, other than that, um, good result for Leeds and uh, just going to wrap it up there as well in regards to Leeds. Um, do you guys think that Leeds might surprise people when, uh, you know, um, finishing the top half this season? Oh, my thoughts on this is I think they they're going to be one of them teams that could be hit and miss, but I would like to f- talk, uh, have them talk, get us through and get them to be in the top half of the st- table. But I think that they might just finish mid table for me. And, you know, Russ, you're a Leeds fan. Uh, how do you think your, you know, beloved Leeds, uh, your beloved Whites will do this year? I said before the season, Mike, and I was still saying now, I think we'll finish 12th. And I saw an interview over the past couple of days or so as well from Patrick Bamford. And I agree with what he said after the game. He says, we're not up to the speed we can play. I just checked. We have not really tested everything out as much with his new signings they've not really got none the way for Bielsa likes to play so I think it would work so I think we Leeds and go a game now till Sunday so I think the week's training that we've got that we've had will work in good stead for the players to learn Bielsa's way the new signings to fit in for getting more new signings in as well because there's still a few days left so the transfer window that could work as well there's no midweek games now for Leeds until December now so that could work in our favour as well having full weeks whereas other clubs they have to play Europa League 
and the Carabao Cup games this week, this upcoming week and next week as well. In so there's a few mid games up teams playing midweek, but I think Leeds full weeks training. They will finish 12 still, Mike. But who knows if we get up to full speed and could surprise a few people and maybe knock on the door of Europe like Sheffield United did when we stay with my prediction at the start of the season and say we'll finish 12. Okay, um, and I don't know if I actually mentioned this one before, uh, but of course there was the game between Chelsea and Liverpool as well, with Liverpool winning 2 0 at Anfield. Uh, really good performance, I thought, from Liverpool. Chelsea's task was uh, made very difficult for them on the back of uh, Andreas Christensen getting sent off in the first half, though. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, I think that Liverpool really deserved that victory for me. I thought they were the better side overall, even before the red card as well. Um, and, of course, you know, there was uh, the penalty save in there as well from uh, Alisson when he saved from Jorginho. So, you know, has uh, either of you two got anything you want to say on that? Because I thought Liverpool really deserved that. And I think, you know, Liverpool are going to be up there challenging again um, for another title this year. Yeah, I'll have a say on this. Um, Liverpool, I mean, I, I don't think they were at the best, but I think they've got time to improve. I mean, the first goal from Manny was a good goal. The second goal from him was gifted to him, Kepa having the ball played back to him and it being kicked straight to Mane and Mane was easily able to tap it in. Um, the red card as well, this is something that I'm quite opinionated on because this, the red card was for a foul and because Christensen was last man, but the thing is, Kepa came out to clear the ball. So does that stop the last man challenge? Or does that think, well, he's still last man from the defensive side um, and it should still be a red card? So if anyone's got an opinion on that, then you can have your say on that. I think Ralph wanted to have a say on that anyway. So do you want to touch on that, what Ryder just said? Um, and also your own opinions on the game itself as well. Yeah, I thought Liverpool were fully deserved of the winners in that game. I thought Kepa was poorly gifted Liverpool both of their goals, to be fair. I thought they weren't very good at all, especially that second one. Why did He didn't even look up. He just thought, oh, Def defender's there, I'll just play there. And Mane quickly onto him to quickly punish him. And the challenge from Christensen, which he saw red at, was a rugby challenge. If that was in a rugby match, everyone had been applauding the challenge. But that challenge from Christensen, arms round the neck, come, was a definite, pe- definite red card for me. I know Kepa was coming out, but I think he was a Stonewall red right, and I think he deserved to get sent off, and I think Liverpool were deserving of their, their win in the game. And uh, all I'm going to say is he's just uh, Jamie Cummings. So uh, we'll move on from that. You can fill in the gap as you please. So uh, I think, Russ, you're going to take over League Two, are you, for the uh, you know the the, uh, the fixtures coming up for League Two this week? So 
Yep, Russ is going to take us through League 2. And he's going to start now. Yes, thank you, Rav. There's just three games in League 2 which we're going to preview and we'll get predictions from from all of us from. We'll start off with Paul against Arrogate, I might say, in a moment. But, Mike... Pavel, Aragon, Aragon, new boys to League Two. How do you think they're going to go on against Pavel this weekend? Well, they've started really bright. They've actually started really well. You know, take that opening day victory at Southend, for example, as well. Nobody expected that. Nobody expected them to go to to Roots Hall and to kind of completely tear them apart. Um, so, yeah, I, I really like the look of Harrogate this season. And I think they'll surprise people. You know, it's what happens with teams coming up from the conference anyway. They... They tend to do very well in the League Two and, you know, sometimes push on for um, a playoff place or a second consecutive promotion, as has happened with Steenage as well and, you know, a number of other teams in there too. Um, so I, I like the look of Harrogate this season and uh, I think they'll beat Port Vale as well. I'm going to go uh, Port Vale 1, Harrogate 3. I think Harrogate will win as well. Good performance where South End. I think... I might agree with you, Mike. They'll win 3-1, I reckon. Why? How do you see this game panning out? Wow. Harrogate are unbeaten in the start of the season. Port Vale have won both of their games at the start of this season in the league. So it's second v third in the old in League 2. Um, I'm going for a 1-1 one, one draw with oh. Harrogate with Harrogate being third. I think they're going to be one of them contenders to stay up in the division and fight. Thank you, Ray. The next game we're going to touch upon is the one which involves your team, Mike, Stephen. So we'll come to you probably after I've gone to Ryan. Me or me. So it's Bradford City against Stevenage. Bradford not doing well at this moment in time. I think Stevenage will get another positive result, Mike. And I think you'll keep a clean sheet as well. I think you'll win by two goals to nil in that one for me, Mike. Right. Looking at where Stevenage have been playing so far and Bradford as well. Who do you see coming out victorious in this one? Stevenage fifth. Bradford 15th. Bradford have drawn both of their opening two games where Stevenage have won one and drew one. I actually think it could be another draw here. And I'm going to go for a 1-1 draw. Mike, I've gone for a Stevenage win. Raz gone for a Stevenage draw. Which one of us... Do you agree with? Do you reckon Simmons will get another victory this weekend? I think Bradford will win. No, I'm joking. I don't think Bradford will win, really. I just want it to be different. Um, but no, I think, uh, you know, it's the Curtis Guthrie derby. Curtis Guthrie, of course, left Stevenage to sign for Bradford. Um, so he's now over there uh, playing for the Bantams and playing there. Um, and I think he'll you know, want to uh, prove a point in this game as well. Uh, but no, I, I'm, I'm quite positive on the back of Saturday as well. Um and, and the victory against Oldham, I'm, I'm really pleased with that performance. I thought we played really, really well. And, yeah, we got a really solid victory. Um, it's 
scored three, missed a penalty, and the Young missed that penalty as well. Um, so that would have been four. Had number of number of other chances to make it five, six, seven. You know, possibly even eight. Um, and I think that you know Alex Ravel has got them all singing off the same uh, hymn sheet. I spoke with Ben Coker actually on Friday as well, the day before, and he said to me, you know, keep an eye out for uh, you know how how we get on and, and things like that. Um, and because we're going to surprise people this season, we've got a real good group of lads there, and it, it shone through. It, it showed on uh, on that game against Oldham. Uh, so my prediction, I think we'll win. I'm going to go uh, 1-0 away victory. Thank you, Mike. We're now going to conclude League 2 with Scunthorpe United versus Carlisle United. Carlisle got a good win against Southend last weekend. I think they can get another victory. I think Joshua Coyote and Walter Robin will get off. On the score sheet again in this one, having scored of the weekend against Southend, I think Carlisle will win by three goals to one in this game. Mike, Scunthorpe, Carlisle for you. Which yeah, sorry. This one going? sorry, I, I just uh, see um, a, a really good game of football here. Of course, uh, Carlisle have got Paul Farman in goal now between the sticks there, former Steamridge goalkeeper, had an excellent season down here at the Lamex last season, um, won the Honorary Player of the Year award. Uh, there wasn't actually a Player of the Year award because of the you know coronavirus and stuff. But he was the the one that everyone voted for. And then he moved on and, and signed for Carlisle on the back of quite a lot of speculation about him possibly staying at the club as well. Um, so yeah, I think uh, it's going to be a good game. And I think I'm going to probably go for a draw in this one. Um, a score draw, one one. And Ray, do you agree with me that Carlisle will get a victory? I reckon it'll be a draw at Glanford Park between Scunthorpe and Carlisle United. Scunthorpe 18th, Carlisle United 12th. Scunthorpe have only picked up one point from their opening two games, where Carlisle, as you said, Russ, have picked up three points against Southend. So I think that. It's going to be a good game. I'd like to see Scunthorpe get on, get some points, but I'm not looking any further than Carlisle winning. And I'm going to go 2-0, Carlisle. Thank you, Ray. So that wraps up the League 2 games for this coming weekend. So now I'll hand over to Rye, who will go through Skybet, League One for us all. So, Ray, Skybet League One, it's over to you. Yep, so the games that we're going to talk about in Skybet League One are Doncaster versus Bristol Rovers, Plymouth Argyle versus Shrewsbury, Sunderland v Peterborough. Um, Doncaster v Bristol Rovers. I'm going to let Ross have his say on this first. Right, I think it'll be a good game this one. Donkster sitting in fourth position on four points, drawing a win from their opening two games, while Bristol Rovers down out just outside the relegation zone by on one point at this moment during the opening game, but then losing last weekend. I think 
Doncaster will get another victory under the bell this weekend. I'm going for Doncaster to win by two goals to nil. Yeah, I agree with that. Doncaster been really good. Bristol Rovers getting the first point against Sunderland on opening weekend of the season. So, so I'd like to think that Doncaster would get another win. And I think they will. And I'm going to go for a 2-1 victory to Doncaster. Now, over to you, Mike. Yeah, so I think they've uh, started really well, actually, of Doncaster. Of course, you know, they're flying in uh, in, the, in the league. I've uh, got a really solid victory against uh, Charlton away as well, which, of course, is not an easy place to go to um, and to, to go there and to win it in the way that they did. Of course, they've got Arsenal, Loney, John Jules there as well. Um, is it the same John Jules? Let's have a look. Yes, it is. Arsenal, Loney, Tyrese, John Jules there as well. Um, of course, he's an excellent player. Um, and, of course, you know, uh, a lot of Arsenal fans actually wanted him to stay and maybe fight for his place uh, in the squad. So, yeah, I think Doncaster will get a victory here. I think there'll be another couple of goals for Tyrese, uh, John Jules there as well. I'm going to go a little bit different to you. You've gone 2-0, haven't you, Ross? You've gone 2-1. Uh, I'm going to go for a quite convincing and quite comfortable 3-0 uh, victory to Doncaster. Which is, thank you very much there for Mike's say on that. The next game that we're going to talk about is the Plymouth Argyle v Shrewsbury game, which may be in doubt due to the COVID testing, but we'll still preview it on the fact that we know about the game going ahead. So my thoughts on it quickly is um, Plymouth are with 1-1 and drawn one from their opening two games back in League One. Shrewsbury have just drawn the one from the two games and I think that it could be a very good game to kickstart us um, so I'm going to go for a 2-1 victory for Argyle and I'm going to go to you next Mike Yeah so I think Plymouth have started really well this season as well in the first opening couple of games um, you know the, the victory away at Blackpool showing that, you know, you've got that sort of dogged side to you uh, if you're not performing at your best and you've got that excellent goalkeeper there as well to get you out of jail if need be. Um, and, of course, he was excellent in that game to, to you know, to kind of uh, help secure the point. And then, of course, draw uh, draw in the second game there as well, um, that 4-4 there against AFC Wimbledon, which was an absolute cracker. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of goals in this one. Uh, and I can see Plymouth, you know, they've scored, I think they've scored the most goals in the league this season so far as well. Um, and I can see them adding to this again uh, by, you know, another three or four um, on the way that uh, it's uh, Shrewsbury have been playing as well. And, you know, they've got that one draw and that loss uh, under, their, under their belt so far. Um, not really scoring too many goals. I think they've only scored one as well. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go for, what do I reckon? I reckon it could even be something like uh, a what, another 3-0 another maybe again? Um, yeah, I'm going to push, push the boat out. 3-0 victory for Plymouth. And we'll go to Russ on this. Yes, Rev. He's been looking 
Shrewsbury on the 1.1 goal scored this season. Two goals against, whereas Plymouth have scored five, four against. I think Plymouth will win this one. Mike, you just went for 3-0 there, didn't you? I'm going to go one more, and I'm going to say 4-0 to Plymouth Argyle. Yeah, I'd be pretty shocked if we win 4-0, but hopefully this game does go ahead due to the COVID problems that are going on. So the next game we'll talk about is Sunderland-Peterborough. My thoughts on this quickly is Sunderland drew their first game of the season, but then won their next. Um, Peterborough have won one and lost one. So I think... Both sides have got good ambition. And I think this is going to be a 1-1 draw. What's your thoughts, Mike? Um, So I think it's going to be a really good game, this one as well. I think this could be a couple of uh, goals in this one, as you said. And I think it could be uh, a narrow victory for Sunderland. I'm going to go Sunderland to get the win by two goals to one. And... uh, to keep up their unbeaten start to the season. Uh, what's your thoughts on this, Russ? I'm going to agree with you, Ray. I think it'll be a one-all draw. Both teams playing some good football at the moment, in my opinion, from what I've seen. But I think it'll be a one-all draw in this one, Ray. Yeah, so thank you very much. And that's all it, all of it from the League One. So we're now going to... Chuck over to Russ again, who's going to talk us through the Skybet Championship. Thank you, Ray. I think in the Skybet Championship this weekend we've got coming up is Watford against Luton, Blackburn Derby, QPR Middlesbrough, and Watford versus Luton, I think. It'll be a one-all draw in this one. Luton to keep to remain unbeaten in this one. Mike, prediction from you for Watford Luton, please. Oh, this is a good game. It's uh, of course the derby as well. Um, I'm not too sure when they've last played against each other in a competitive game, but I think this is going to be a three-two victory to Luton. Thank you, Mike and Ray. Yeah, Watford have won one and drew one from their first two games. Luton won both of those. Luton have got a good side. Watford have got a very good side after coming down from the Premier League. I'm going to go for a 1-1 draw. Thank you, mate. And Derby, Bladburn, Derby in a bit of disarray at the moment. Bladburn playing some good football. I'm going to go for a 3-0 win for Blackburn in this one. Right. What about you, my friend? Yep, Derby lost both of their opening games. Blackburn have won one of their two. And I think that Derby will get something out of this. And I think they'll win it 2-1. Mike, how about Derby-Blackburn? Sorry, yeah, for me, I think it's going to be... I think Derby will get something as well. Um, It's two really, you know different sides uh both got quite contrast in form as well throughout the season so far 
Um, I'm going to go Derby 1, Blackburn 1, I think. And QPR Middlesbrough for me, I reckon. 2-0 to the Borough to get a win for Neil Warnock. Go Wilson, as we mentioned earlier. Ray, what about you, my friend? It's a tough game. I mean, Middlesbrough got a point at home to Bournemouth and lost narrowly to Watford in the opening game of the season. So, and QPR have won one and lost one from their two games. It's going to be a cagey game, I think. I mean, Borough brought in some new signings, like Chubberak Bomb, as we said. And if he starts, I think that might get us going. And hopefully it sends out a get-well message to Neil Warnock. So I'm going to go for a 2-1 victory to Borough. Thank you, Ryan. Mike, how about you, QPR Borough? I think it's going to be a good game as well. You know, QPR put in a really good performance and were a little bit unlucky against Coventry the other day. Um, and, and Middlesbrough, of course, put in a good performance themselves as well uh, to get their draw against Bournemouth. So I think it's going to be a, a really good match, this one. Um, and I think you two have gone 2-1. I'm going to go QPR 2 Middlesbrough 2. Thank you, mate. And now we're going to hand back over to Mike in a moment to take us through this Barclay or the, to take us through the Premier League games for the upcoming weekend. So, Mike, it's over to you. OK, thank you very much for that. So, the games that we're going to be uh, previewing for the Premier League this coming week, we've got the game between Crystal Palace and Everton. Um, we're also going to be previewing Burnley, Southampton, Sheffield United, Leeds and Liverpool, Arsenal as well. That's the four that we're going to be previewing. So uh, Crystal Palace and Everton. Let's go. Um, I think that's going to be an Everton victory. They've started really well this season. Of course, Crystal Palace looked excellent in their victory against Man United. But, you know, Everton have got that little bit more game time under their belt. Um, and yeah, they're, they're looking really bright with their new signings as well. Of course, uh, Zaha was excellent for Palace as well. So, of course, he's going to be a threat and one to kind of watch out for. But I think it's going to be uh, Crystal Palace 1, Everton 2 in this one. Uh, what about you, Ryan? How do you reckon this one's going to go? Both of them, 100% records. Everton have looked really strong with James Rodriguez, uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Crystal Palace have really looked strong as well with Wilfred Zahar and Andros Townsend. And I, I think they both get keep their unbeaten runs going. I think it's going to be a 1-1 draw. Right, Russ? I reckon everything's going to win like you, Mike. I'm going to say 2-0 to the toffees. And it won't be a sticky afternoon for them then. It'll just be uh, a, a nice and easy afternoon for them. Um, and of course, the Eagles won't be flying very high. So uh, the second game was the game between Burnley and Southampton. Um, of course, Southampton were beaten by Tottenham quite convincingly. Uh, so let's uh, come to you, Russ. How do you reckon that one's going to go, the uh, the game over at Turf Moor between the, the Clarets and the Saints? I think it'll be a close game, Mike. I think, but I think Burnley will edge it. I'm going to go Burnley 2, Southampton 1. Right, um, and uh, what about you, Ray? 
Yeah, Burnley have only played the one game due to the teams around them having other games or coming back from European competitions. So they were set to play either Man U or Man City last weekend. So I think Burnley might just edge this with Southampton not picking up any points from their opening two games. So I'm going to go for a 2-1 draw. A uh, 2-1 victory to Burnley. Okay, I'm going to go 1-1. I think that'd be a draw, that one. Um, so then the next one is the game between Sheffield United and Leeds. Um, Russ, you can take that one first of all. I think it'll be a close, good game, Mike. The Oxford is between us both are always a good game. Last two, when we played him in the Championship, we, we Leeds won one at Ellen uh, Bramall Lane. We lost at Ellen Road by the by the same scoreline, one nil. Uh, so I'm going to think it'll be a close game, two one to Leeds. Okay, I'm going to go. Uh, that's going to be a, a good victory for Leeds, I think as well. I think they'll get one more, and I think it's going to be three-one to Leeds. Personally, uh, what about you, Ryde? Do you reckon that Leeds will get the three points, or you know, do you reckon Sheffield United might get something? Sheffield United have lost their opening two games. Leeds have won one and lost one, and I cannot look any further than a Leeds victory. So I'm going to go for a two-one victory. Right, and then the final game that we're going to be touching on is the Liverpool game against Arsenal as well. Um, we'll come to you, Rye, first of all, on that one. And uh, yeah, how do you reckon that one's going to go? This is third v fourth in the table. Um, both teams have actually won both their games. Liverpool have been strong, but Arsenal did actually beat Liverpool last season. So it's going to be a KG game, I think. But I think Liverpool will edge it. And I'm going to go 3 2 to Liverpool. Okay. Um, and then before you go and do yours, Russ, I think we'll do really well. We, we've actually performed really well in the last two games against Liverpool in the Community Shield as well, when we beat them in that one on penalties. Um, and then we beat them before um, in the league as well. We beat them uh, 2 1 on that day after they'd already won the title, of course. So it's going to be a completely different test. Uh, but both teams have shown their vulnerabilities this season. Liverpool have shown it against Leeds. Uh, and we've shown it against West Ham. So I think there's goals uh, for, for both teams here. Um, and I think it could well be a draw. I'm going to go 2-2. Uh, what about you, Russ? I think it's going to be a close game, Mike. I can't... I think both teams will want to try and keep their 100% records up and winning starts up. Liverpool especially as just trying to win back and retain the title. I think it'll be a close game. I think Arsenal will edge you though, Mike. 2-1 to the Gunners. Okay, and that was the uh, roundup of the the Premier League um, preview there. That's all of the Premier League previewed uh, games that we're going to be doing for this week. Yeah. So thank you very much to Mike and Russ for joining me today. Um, we will be bringing you another podcast next week. So come and if you want to come and join us, just drop us a message on our social media, RS Media and 89 on Twitter. And we will 
get you on the show. Thank you very much for joining and see you next week.